how you live in Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming today with another episode of Talking Football. We are heading into week two of the NFL season. News breaking yesterday, Big Ten is coming back for college football. Excited for that. Hopefully the Pac-12 is right there behind them. Talking of the Pac-12, Mr. Justin Trees, your favorite team, a team that or a university that you have season tickets to the football games to, University of Utah. Do you think the Pac-12 is directly behind Big Ten? No. <laughs> Simple. No. Uh, um, I think that Larry Scott will, who's the commissioner, um, I think he basically is making it, so it's just not going to happen. Uh, I think that you have to convince Oregon's president and then the California presidents to get that to go through and i just don't see how it's going to be possible i think that california is stuck on ak this is a serious issue and we can't believe that some people are still doing this stuff i given i think that there are safe ways to play football i think that's been proven but um so i'm not going to disrespect their opinion i mean because i truly wholeheartedly believe in covid but um it is hard it's hard to see every other conference play and then your team's conference not play. So it, it, it's a real bummer. It, it really is. I'm upset about it. Well, I am sorry to break your heart bringing that up. But uh, let's get into Tree Civia. Let's make that heart a little happier. So I got a pen and paper, of course, and I'm ready when you are. All right, cool. So let's get into it then. Let's say um, who, who and how many yards is the record – for receiving yards in a playoff game. Receiving yards in a playoff game. Is it Jerry Rice? It is not. And rookie. Remember that part. Oh, rookie. Yes. Um, I didn't hear you say that at first. Shoot. Rookie-wise, I'm not going to have a clue, to be frank with you. What if I told you it's been recently? How recent? I mean... That gives it away, if I tell you. Odell Beckham Jr. recent? They weren't in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he, they didn't make the playoffs his rookie year, I don't think. I think it was their second year that they ended up doing the whole boat thing. Okay. Um, recently. Or receiver recently. All right. Yeah, it was, it was last year. Last year? Yep. Fuck. No way it's McCall Hardman. No. No. No, silly goose. Oh, AJ Brown. Duh. Nope. DK Metcalf? Yes. Really? He had 160 yards. My God. Well, all right, you then. He really had 160 yards receiving. I did not realize that in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a game for him. I remember him going off, but I guess I just didn't. I didn't guess I didn't realize that he had that good of a game either. <laughs> so, um, okay, one more for you since that one was so quick. Okay. Um, in the Pete Carroll era of the Seattle Seahawks, during the regular season, how many times has his defense allowed a 400-yard passer? Once. More than once. Let's not forget, Matt Ryan did it no longer than four days ago. No, yeah, I know. That's what I was uh, thinking. Gotcha. I was. I mean, usually you set me up in a way where it's like, oh, I'm gonna say like four or five, and you'd be like once. I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, shit. I okay. keep I keep you on your toes. Like that's what you, I do. Not even on my toes, on the edge of my seat. And then when I get <laughs> to the edge, you're like, I'm pulling this bastard out from underneath you. Now your tailbone's bruised. Here you are. Yep. So okay, so in his era. As a head coach of the Seattle Seattle Seahawks, excuse me. Um, I'll, I'm trying to think who would do it. So Matt Ryan did it. Tom Brady, he didn't face him. Uh, and remember, Aaron regular, Rodgers. Regular huh? season. Not, regular season, not playoffs. Just to make sure that in case you missed that part. I'm going to say at least four. At least four times. More than that. Seven times. Ooh, very close. Eight times? There you go. Nice. Hey. Hey, there we go. Here we go. Not 
Didn't have to go one to eight. You Love didn't. Um, that's a cool stat. That's not the whole question. Um, what is the Seahawks' record in those eight games? Seven and one. Nope. Eight and no. Eight and no. Are you serious? They don't give a shit if you pass all <laughs> of their defense. They will win that game, which basically means uh, Russell Wilson, he'll he'll dominate no matter what. It doesn't matter if, you, if that other quarterback is dueling, you know, threading the needle all over the field. He'll win anyways. So 8-0, and oh, while Pete Carroll is the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, when the opposing quarterback throws for over 400 yards. Wow. Okay, I'm writing this down because I'm wanting to continue to discuss this at another time. Uh, okay, when a QB throws over 400. That's, that is insane. That an opposing quarterback can have probably one of the best games of their career, throw for over 400 yards, probably slinging tutties all over the field, feeling great, and then they look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game when it hits three zeros, and that's it. Game's over. Let's look at the score. Holy shit, we still lost. And you look over, and here's Russell Wilson going, Mr. Unlimited, running across the field to shake your hand. Yeah. That would suck to be an opposing quarterback in that situation. That truly would. It really would. It would suck very much. So, um... There's your two uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, Trisivias right there, uh, as I will continue to bang the table that they are going to be the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl. Hey, you're the first person I've heard that from, and I'm knowing a lot of people that are hopping on that bandwagon with you, Mr. Conductor. Of course they are. I love it. Um, okay, so something that we, got, we did not bring up last episode because we were just so amped up about week one uh let's talk about some contracts that happened prior to the week one games so dalvin cook got paid five years 63 million it's like hell yeah look at this i'm making bank 20 minutes later alvin Kamara, bitch i got you beat five year 75 million dollars just like hey I got this. I got all the leverage. As you say, it's their last. It's the Saints' last rodeo. Uh, you have to have Alvin Kamara there, or it's not Saints' last rodeo anymore because they will no, go nowhere without him. And then, um, as ESPN uh, Matthew Berry likes to say, my little Cooper Cup, uh, three-year, $49 million for a nice little slot receiver action right there. Um, that's a fantastic deal. For the Rams. That is not a fantastic deal for Cooper Cup. Why do you say that? I mean, he's been injured for an entire season. You just think they're going to workload him now that they got him locked up? Uh, I think that he could have hit. He could have got more on the market. I mean, Al, like Allen Robinson a few years ago, who was coming off of an ACL injury, got $12 million a year. And that was years ago. Money's... Much bigger nowadays. I know that the salary cap could drop next year, uh -huh. but it's st it's still bigger than what what it was in 2018. So I personally think he could have gotten into the 14 million dollar, 14 to 15 million per year. Huh. I I mean we'll never know. Never know. But Cooper Cup, if you're listening, man. Just know you could have got more elsewhere, but it's too late. You signed the dotted line. Uh, but real also, quick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, but also, there could be a little – maybe he knew that, and it's like, I'm good with a little bit less. This is still more money than I could ever dream of. I get to stay in L.A. I get to stay with the head coach that I want to be that's made me and puts me in the right position. He may be like, hey, want to know what? This is better overall for my career. Who cares if I make $2 million less per year? Like, again, $50 million – before you're like 25, I think you're doing just fine in your life. Yep, that would uh, that'd be pretty nice right about now uh, for a lot of people, including myself. But real quick, Trees, I know you just muted your mic. I want you to unmute it. What did Alvin Kamara 
say to Dalvin Cook after Dalvin Cook got his contract for the five year sixty three million. What was it that he said? I don't remember what I just said. Oh my god. I wish you would have. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Not so fast. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't remember if I said you little bitch or if I just said bitch. I couldn't remember. So hey, uh, either way, he is kind of a way. short guy. But yeah. you do make a great point bringing these up because Dalvin Cook, um, not maybe the biggest showing that a lot of people thought he would have with the Vikings that game against Green Bay Packers, whether you want to give credit to the Packers or you just want to look at the Vikings and go, ooh, not a good start to the season, boys, because you really did not have that ball for very much of that game at all as the Packers had it for nearly 45 minutes. Um, Alvin Kamara, he comes out, does the exact opposite, shows exactly why he was worth that. Uh, Mike Thomas goes down. You look at – or Michael Thomas. It's weird calling him Mike. Michael Thomas goes down uh, with an injury. It looks like he's going to be out a couple weeks, uh, depending on how he heals and how quickly that process can go for him. Um, Fantasy-wise, tough if you drafted him early because I know a lot of people took him in the top five. You hate to see it. But if you were able to get Alvin Kamara, if he slid into the second, looking pretty good because that guy, like we've been saying, the last dance for the New Orleans Saints – He's going to be a big part of it. They better be happy that they were able to sign him and keep him there. Cooper Cup really didn't have an opinion on it. White boy supreme. Let's see what you continue to do there for the Rams. You, Robert Woods, and uh, old Jared Goff. Let's just make some magic happen. Aaron Donald on the other side, clearly the best defensive player in the league. I don't know if we went into it last episode. The fact that that guy, I don't know if we were able to. No, we just didn't. The dude choked slam Ezekiel Elliott. That's that's the thing that just shocked the shit out of me was that he pushes one offensive lineman into another, continues to push the guard backwards into Ezekiel Elliott. He goes, Ezekiel Elliott, please get out of my way. I'm sure that's exactly how he said, please get out of my way. And then he proceeded to take his left hand, shove it up to his neck, pick him up and then throw him down. And in fact, it was just astonishing that a guy of that size and that strength in the NFL is able to do that to two other grown humans. I mean, he has to feel he, he has to be the cockiest son of a bitch on this earth, knowing that you can do that. Like, he can't be scared of anything. I mean, seriously. Like, he could be in his bed, and the devil's gonna show up to the side, and he'd be like, "Dude, leave me alone. I'll choke slam shit you right now, Lucifer. Go away." The devil's gonna be like, "I mean, you got a point. I'm out." I just I don't get or understand how a person could be that strong. And I don't know why I'm even talking about this. I don't know how I got myself in the situation of the conversation. But I'm, I'm shocked that a guy is that strong and that capable of doing that to other humans. Yeah. Triple team does not give a shit. He doesn't care. He will work through it and still hit Jared Goff. So love it. Absolutely love it. Um, let's move on. Le'Veon Bell put on IR. Hurt the hamstring. Kind of funny because there's reports that he hurt his hamstring during training camp. He says there's nothing wrong with my hamstrings on Twitter. Less than a game in, bang, bingo, bingo, hurt hamstring, you're out. See you in three weeks. The uh, ageless Frank Gore, dude that's um, older than my grandpa. Uh, we were talking about Adrian Peterson being old. Let's talk about Frank Gore here. Uh, oh. Dude is starting next week. Already announced Jets versus Niners. And, uh, He's ready to roll, I guess. I do wonder if there's anything wrong with Le'Veon Bell's hamstrings. Like, truly, I wonder if this is a, hey, Le'Veon Bell might make magic happen and score some touchdowns. Adam Gase is probably thinking, well, this is something we don't want to do. His hamstrings bothering him? Let's get him out. Like, I just don't think that they want to win games. Because if they did, I think this team would look different. They would have probably done more to get players on their team that would help them win ball games. You sign Le'Veon Bell, you get the head coaching job, and you say, don't like Le'Veon Bell. Why the fuck should you take the job? I mean, then you go to your got- press conference, crazy eyes. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not going to say no to a head coaching job just because they have a player. So, um, But, but, a fun fact that I always hear with Le'Veon Bell is like he hasn't had like a 20 yard run in like three and a half years. Are you serious? Yeah. There's a fan. Well, so he's, 
fantasy site posts this all the time about how long it's been since he he had a 20 yard run and given he did sit out one year so that didn't help but he didn't have it last year he didn't have the year before and then then he did have it the year they lost to the jags in 2017 in the playoffs and i think it was that year was his last year that he had since he left the steelers he hasn't been able to do this correct a 20 yard run like it's almost like you almost feel like a running back just bust one of those every single game I mean, yeah. So is that on Le'Veon Bell, or is that just how bad the offensive line is for the Jets? I have no idea. Because, I mean, we saw Saquon Barkley get shut down by that yes, Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Yeah. it's That was an ugly, ugly performance from that it, offensive line. It, it was. It was so bad. Let's move on, though, so we can kind of keep going with this episode, because we are going to be breaking down week two of the NFL season. Allen Robinson – Wanting out of Chicago, those reports came out. Uh, and then earlier yesterday, towards the later half of the day, it was, hey, he had a meeting with the head coach, Matt Nagy. Uh, it went well. He just wants to be extended. And honestly, I don't blame him. If you're the best player on that team, on the offensive side of the ball, I should say, um, and you got snubbed of a Pro Bowl last year because the fans don't pay attention on their voting and your name's not that big because your quarterback can't throw you the ball, I would get wanting to be paid by the team that you're on because you deserve it. And you are a great receiver, so you should be paid um, and represented that way financially from that organization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been disrespected. He didn't get paid by the Jags either. Given You can you can say the argument of he was coming off an ACL injury, so do you really want to pay a guy like that? You can have that argument. They did offer him, but Bears offered him more, and I'm still saying that they should have offered him way more, uh, the Jags, that is. Um, hey, Alan, I know you're not really fond of Jacksonville, but if you want to come home, like, I'm good with it. Like, I still love you. I still have your I still have your jersey. I mean, I'll get a new one because 15, number 15 is now taken by the quarterback. But, uh, hey, if you want to come home, I miss you. Come on come on down. Um Overall, though, I think he signed. I think he signs an extension with the Bears. When it's all said and done, I think he stays in uh, in Chicago. I I am interested to see what that contract's going to be for him with the Bears, uh, and kind of what their cap room is or what they're going to be doing because they didn't um, accept. I don't know how does how's the verbiage. They didn't pick up that option for Trubisky. That's what I was trying correct. to say. The fifth year option. They, correct. Yeah, they did not do that. Uh, moving on, though, to another receiver across the league, uh, a guy that we talked about pretty heavily a week and a half ago. Um, I mean, just a shitty situation with the Browns. And apparently, sometimes he likes those shitty situations, but the one in Cleveland, he is over with. He is tired of being a Brown. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But there's rumors out there that he is being shopped for a trade. Kind of discussed it on Mike Up today, and I, I still have mixed feelings on... You know, if he's a person who creates drama himself and is a problem off the field as he is on the field with his antics on the sideline, is he a distraction for the team? Does he truly love football? Does he want to be a football player? Um, or, you know, does he want to play football because he loves it? Or does he want to play football so he can be a football player and get all the perks that come with it? I think that's really kind of where a lot of people stand with Odell. I still think he's a good receiver and has the opportunity to be very good in this league, it's hard to do that when Baker Mayfield has been your quarterback. And then you got the end of Eli Manning, who had literally no arm strength to throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field to you on the sidelines. Yeah. I'm still sticking to what I've said a few times, that Odell is just much more of an athlete than he is an actual wide receiver i think he's just a good athlete uh i also said that about uh, inchoku who's now who's also on the browns as well so kind of ironic that it's both like that so my question to you is if i gave you i mean just a yes or no answer i guess yep do you think that odell beckham and jarvis landry are on the browns next year um I want to say no immediately, but with Jarvis, I mean, is he going to force his way out in the trade, or is he? does he have an out in his contract? Because I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know if you do either. 
I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say that he's a free agent soon. But my answer, I think it is no. I think they trade him. I think the Cleveland uh, Browns just trade OBJ, and they try and make it work with Javaris Landry because maybe there's a part of Od- – or not Odell, excuse me, of Baker that's like, man, I have Odell on this team. I really – I have to get him the ball. Like, I have to give him his touches. And maybe that's part of the reason why he's just creating turnovers and interceptions and bad throws is because he feels that pressure of I got to get these superstars the ball instead of just being a quarterback and spreading it around and making the right – Excuse me, and making the right reads. Yeah. So, actually, Jarvis is, has a very interesting contract. So, when the Browns did get him, they did give him an extension, a big five-year deal. Uh, but it's very interesting because the dead cap year one was thirty-four million dollars. Year two was eighteen point five. This year, seventeen point five. Next year, drops to three million. Very easy. Gone. Very easy to get out of that contract. I am going to say that both wide receivers are not on the Browns next year. Do you think they want? Do you think both of them end the year there though? This season? I think they yes. I think they both end the year as a Cleveland. So you Browns. don't think they trade Odell? I think it's too late to trade Odell. Really? So you don't? You're on mute, by the way. Um, you don't think that the 49ers would reach out and be like, hey, we're struggling. Let's get them here. So that's funny because I was just about to say the only team I could see that would even like be able to offer something is the 49ers. But like, what are you giving up for him? Like that That's the biggest thing, right? Like I, I've seen this on Twitter, like Browns fans being like, oh, I'd take a second for him right now. You're not getting a second round pick for him. I mean, if you're the San Francisco 49ers and you feel more confident in what that defense is after trading away Buckner and drafting Kinlaw uh, and, you know, getting Trent Williams on that team, fuck, maybe you do just throw a second and say, shit, we got to the Super Bowl last year and Jimmy Garoppolo gets the ball closer than Baker can. Shit, maybe Odell comes down with these. Maybe you can send Dante Pettis right back. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, if you I have, it's too rich. I think it's if too you rich. You have George Kittle and Odell and Mozart, who I saw they were calling Moserati on Twitter, like 49ers Twitter, and I thought it was freaking hilarious. That is um, awesome. I mean, that offense would be crazy with Jimmy Garoppolo or not. Yeah. You also didn't bring up Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. Um, well, so they're that, injured right now. So, I mean, that's kind of where I – that's why I left them off. Got it, got it. Um, well, I mean, you're right, though. You, you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, sure. I, I, I could see it. Um, I think that's the only real option, though. I think everybody else – because they're going to want to get – they're going to want to put him into the NFC again. They're not going to want to trade him to an AFC team. Yeah. That would be the smart thing. So they would be fine with San Francisco in this scenario that we're hypothetically saying here. Would you give a second for this upcoming draft or for the next one? If I mean, if you could do 20, 22, 22, I mean, then I would do it, right? Like that's two years from now. Um, the only other t- – sorry, I'm just going through teams that I might – okay, who else could trade this? Washington could. We've talked like about Washington football team. Yeah. We've Does talked about how they need all, though? What? Does that help them at all, though? I mean, it sounds like they were calling teams literally on Monday <laughs> asking about trades for wide receivers. Yikes. Okay, so quick question within that while you're going through this list, because I still want to keep doing this. Is Odell in a position where he can shut down that trade possibility? Or do you think the Browns are like, it don't matter? I don't know what his contract says. So, um, but I meant like as a person in the league and on the team, like does does he have a, a relation? Do you think that relationship with the front office is like, hey, if you're trading me, that's fine, but I don't want to go here. I actually think he probably does have a good relationship with the front office where he they could try to do something that works for both. I could see that. Um, just going through the rest, uh, Cowboys, no Eagles, probably not, uh, Giants, obviously not Packers. I mean, they could use him, but they don't, they don't want to spend the money on him. I don't think, 
Bears know they have their own problem with A-Rob. No with Minnesota. No with Detroit. No with the Saints. Obviously no with the Falcons. Obviously no with Tampa Bay. Obviously no with Carolina. No for Arizona. Seattle, doubt it. Uh, The Rams, obviously a no. And then you have the 49ers. Like, so if we're saying that they have to trade him to an NFC team, which I think they do, it literally gives you the 49ers and Washington as your only two options, in my eyes. My opinion, obviously, not Mm -hmm. theirs. Boy, oh boy. I I would give away a second. I would not. Or two threes. Would you give away two threes? Yes, I'd give away two threes. But you won't and, give away a second. But I won't give away a second. What, what about a three this year or two next year? Absolutely not. I wouldn't give away a, a single two. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> um, and for the record, I would not do anything for the Jags. Like, I think that they... I, I wouldn't want him any part of the Jags. So, yeah, I'm um, looking at they're probably going to send him to a situation to win. So he can enjoy football again because he ain't doing that in Cleveland. Enjoying yeah. it at least. For uh, sure. Let's get on to our next topic, though. Monday night, those games. Incredible commentary on the first one by Herb Street and Fowler. I loved it. I freaking loved it. I wish they could find a way to do the primetime Saturday night game for college football and then skirt their asses right on over to Monday night and say, all right, we're also doing this game. Because I liked Steve Levy, I liked Brian Greasy, I liked Lewis Reddick. I just don't feel like I learned anything throughout the game or enjoyed it. But when you have Herb Street and Fowler calling the game, it's like, ooh, this is important. This means something. There's The storylines are so much better. And granted, they've been doing it together for 25 years, so that rap, the rapport is there between the two, and they know how to prep for games beautifully. I enjoyed it. To the actual game, it was awesome seeing Big Ben back. It was awesome seeing Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow, quite the tongue twister there for myself. Uh, being good at football again. And then the defense for the Steelers, outstanding. Probably best defense in the NFL. Giants, though, boy, you got to get an offensive line. It doesn't matter who your quarterback or running back is going to be, whether you drafted them in the, the top five of the NFL draft back-to-back. It don't fucking matter because that offensive line is garbage. It really is. Uh, yeah, it's going to be the demise of this entire organization. The defense, actually, the Giants played much better than I expected. Yeah, I would agree I, with that. I thought they were going to be like bottom five in the NFL. They played very tough. Um, I mean, it took, and given, hey, maybe it's a little bit of rust from just Big Ben being out and Juju not playing a lot last year and stuff like that. Um, obviously, Connor getting hurt, that kind of changes up the game plan quite a bit because you're like, Connor's very good at the screen game. You could see that they were trying to do that early in the game, and then you bring in Snail, and he's more of just a running back bruiser. He's not going to catch a ton of balls. So I think that also kind of played into effect. But like just the linebackers and defensive line, dude, Dexter Lawrence was playing balls out on Monday night. He played very good. And just because we were talking about Odell, that was the pick that they got for Odell, and they ended up taking him. And I thought he played fantastic. Um, I think that Jones showed some maturity and, like, standing in the pocket and made some throws and stuff. And it's it's amazing what happens when you don't have an offensive line. It just ruins everything. So – I can appreciate it for this week alone just because I was playing Barclay and Fantasy. So I can, you know, so I'm happy there. Um, but going back over to the Steelers, yeah, their defense is just, it's just great. It really is. It's going to be a problem um, for the entire AFC. It's going to be fun. Um, and then going on to the next game, uh, let's see, what where to start here? Uh, Noah Fant, uh, he's going to be a problem for uh, the AFC West this year. Uh, him and him and Locke clearly have a good connection there. Uh, Jerry Judy, if he would have caught that slant with three minutes left, he was gone. He gone. He's dancing in the end zone. He's still running, and the Broncos are one and zero, and the Titans are zero and one. If he just catches that ball, because he 
he has some just shifty moves, man. Like, and I know we all saw it in college, and that's why he was wide receiver one on, I'd say, majority of boards. A few people did not, but he is he's going to be feasting this year, especially when Sutton comes back and they have and defenses have to worry about that. Um, and then let's see, Lindsey and Gordon, they played pretty well together. Lindsey ended up getting hurt and didn't play the second half. Uh, when he when they're both in though, you almost get this feeling that you're like, who's playing and are you playing the hot hand or you just have certain plays for each player? And you wonder if either of them are gonna be able to get into a groove if they're both healthy. Gordon got into his groove in the second half because he was the only player playing. Yep. And that's something the Broncos have struggled with when they first drafted Lindsay as well. It was like, okay, who's our running back? Yep. I believe it was Freeman at the time. It was, no one could get on a roll, and they would mix up the play calling all the time, and it just wasn't smooth. And now, once again, you have a new offensive coordinator. I thought Drew Locke looked very comfortable. Uh, he didn't seem panicked at all going against his defense, and that defensive line who got pretty consistent pressure throughout the game. Um, he showed great ability to get out of the pocket, keep his eyes downfield. It didn't look like he was forcing anything too much which is good for a second-year quarterback. Um, Titans-wise, though, are you kind of questioning paying Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill? Like, I mean, the Broncos, yeah, they're a good team. They're not great. But you also really weren't able to do anything offensively except just take time off the clock and run the ball just the whole time. And you missed kicks. Like, you missed your field goals. If you hit all those, yeah, it's a different game. But you could say the same thing of the Broncos with the drops, you know, or the miscues uh, or a new scheme first year, first official year starting for Drew Locke. But the Titans, man, you got to keep building off the momentum you had last year. And to me personally, it didn't look as good as it should have. It really didn't. I'm not worried yet. I'm putting it on to, hey, it's week one. Uh, Shit's going to happen. And I think they'll recover nicely. Um, and for them, it's like, Hey, we got the W and that's all that really matters for as bad as we played. Uh, but yeah, for sure. It did not look pretty. You've got to be somewhat worried and concerned. You can't just ignore it, but you got to be thankful that you came out with the win. Exactly. Uh, is there anything else you want to break down within these games? Uh, that's it. But one thing I forgot to put on the rundown, so I apologize. Uh, Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain, uh, reported to be out about three weeks, kind of a big deal for the saints. Yeah, that is uh that is a big yikes. I wonder if they're able to get um, Emmanuel Sanders a bigger part of that offense. Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, exclusively those. Taysom Hill, fuck. Traquan Smith. I yeah. think Traquan Smith kind of breaks out a little bit there. He had a really good tr- uh, training camp, so I could see him stepping up there. And I'm, I apologize, I'm pulling up the Saints' schedule. I can't remember it off of the top of my head, just so I can see. So I, I, I know they play the Raiders this weekend because it's the Vegas Open, but I don't remember. Oh, and then they play the Packers, Lions, Chargers. He, yep. he could probably be back around that area, though, right? So right um, before the bye. Yeah. So oh, then that's a bye. Oh, so if that's their bye, oh, he for sure isn't playing the Chargers game. They're gonna give him that a whole extra week. He yep. for sure is. And then. And games. then they go Carolina at Chicago at Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, Philly, the Chiefs, Minnesota, and then Carolina. Sorry, I went city city team there, but I, <laughs> you're good. It can probably be confusing to some people. So I still think that they go probably three and one in those games without him. Maybe two and two if the Chargers step up, but yeah. um, probably still three and one. And then he comes back and you're on a roll. Like Saints would take that all day. You start off the year four and one and you don't have Michael Thomas. So real quick, this I'm I'm gonna right there with you. New Orleans plays the Chargers and then they go into their bye week. For yep. the Chargers, up to that point in their year, they play Cincinnati, who they just beat, Kansas City, Carolina, Tampa, New Orleans. Those are two tough games. And then they go Jets, Miami, Jacksonville, Vegas. And then they go into their bye week. I could see directly after this New Orleans game, if New Orleans beats them significantly, we see Justin Herbert. 
I mean, that's the time to do it when you're facing a lesser Jets and Dolphins defense. I mean, I know the Dolphins have some good cornerbacks, but overall it's a lesser defense still. Uh, so, And then Jags, I still don't think that they're the best defense. So, And then Raiders, who just got torched by Teddy Bridgewater. That's the time to do it. I 100% agree with you. Yep. So just that's a that's a key game or a key part in the season to look at um, as we're going. Those are some storylines to follow because that'll be about the time maybe Michael Evan or Michael Thomas, excuse me, comes back. Maybe they wait till after the bye week. And then on the other side of that game with the Chargers, here comes Justin Herbert potentially at that point in their season. Uh, but moving on, let's go ahead and get into week two of the NFL season. We are finally here. It's coming up. You are getting to hear this today, Thursday Night Football. It is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, can't wait. You know, su- super excited uh, for this game. I think Cleveland comes out on top. I think their offense, you know, maybe this is the time for them to shine because they definitely didn't do it last week. Maybe Becker Mayfield does just enough with OBJ to kind of make it happen uh, for that offense. Defensive-wise, though, Pretty much going to be the defensive line. Miles Garrett's going to be the storyline. Can he get to Joe Burrow? How does Joe Burrow handle that pressure? We've seen him handle everything else between being, you know, the best collegiate football player last year as a quarterback leading LSU to an undefeated season. No moment was too big for him. It didn't look like it was last week either as he led the Bengals all the way down the field against that Chargers defense, who I think is exceptionally better than what this Cleveland Browns defense is and set them up to tie the game. Kicker gets a, can- a cramp in his right leg after the game says it was his left leg that he hurt, calf-wise. Ooh, grab my right calf. Fuck. But after the game, it was actually my left calf that I hurt. Either way, I'm just upset that I missed a field goal and we didn't get to go overtime. I think Cleveland gets away with the win here. Trace, do you have the spread in front of you right off the top of your head? I do. I have it on the spreadsheet in a couple columns over from where you're at. Whoops. And it is five and a half for Cleveland. Who are you taking? I know you're saying Cleveland's wins the game, but do you have them covering that five and a half spread? I actually do not. I'm going to take the Bengals right there. Hey, I'm just going to say this right now. Thank you for putting a schedule like this. Just now seeing it. This is going to be so much easier to follow along. (laughs) So much easier. And I am with you as well. I think that, I don't know what, I'll just do it. Bengals are winning this game. So, um, yeah, yeah, they are. So, um, I'm going to say they win by a last-second field goal. The one that they lost, they missed to tie it last week, they make it this week to win it. Um, and I'm going to say they probably win by, like, two. I'm going to say they're down by one, and they make this last-second field goal to win by two. Hey, I'm about it, dude. <laughs> I am a freaking about it. Before we move on to the next game, you're upset about this week's Thursday night game, Bengals at Browns. Do you know what next week is? No, not off the top of my head. Dolphins versus Jaguars. Woohoo! Yeah. Boy, they, these guys know how to get the primetime game for these Thursday night games. I mean, this is what the, this is what happens though when you make it so every team gets a Thursday night game. Yeah. Right? This is what happens when you choose lesser opponents to play each other. I I, I know in their head they're probably like, hey, it probably is going to be a better game than us doing. Chiefs versus Jaguars, for example, on a Thursday yeah. night game, like where it's going to be like nobody's going to be watching in the second half. So try to do this, but not back to back and this early in the year. Like these type of games are prime for like week like 14 when everybody's a little bit tired from the football season. And yes, fans get tired. Um, you're just tired. And you're like, wonder what? Maybe I need a break from a Thursday night game. Um, that's that's what you need. Like that's when you need these games. So, um, okay, so we both are at taking the Bengals to cover. Um, and just a recap on everybody. Uh, Austin went 10-4-1, and one, and I went 11-3-1. and one. So both of us did fantastic against the spread last week. Hey, pretty pretty good. You know, if you need to bet some money, you know who to listen to. That's us. Yep. Next up. Money makers. Yes. Next up, New York Giants versus the Chicago Bears. And the Bears are four-point favorites. So, within this game, I'm just I'm hesitant on it because the Bears got lucky being the Lions last week. I mean, they literally got they excuse me they literally got the W because Swift dropped the ball. But Mitchell Trubisky came clutch there in the second half, made some throws, did 
better than expected uh, from, in my opinion, just to be frank with you. But the Giants, you just played the best defense in the league. How does this Bears defense match up? I'm kind of hesitant on it. I think Saquon Barkley is going to be one pissed off human being and just comes out running hard. I want to take the Giants to cover, but I think the Bears win. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't blame you there. For me, the biggest thing is, is like, let's not forget, we talked about it last episode. Adrian Peterson ran all over this Bears defense. Like, what is Saquon going to do? So, again, Adrian Peterson, 14 carries, 93 yards. Uh, they averaged – sorry, I got to pull it up real quick here. They averaged 4.8 yards per carry, Peterson 6.6. Man, I think Saquon has a big day. Uh, How big? 150 yard total yards. 150 total. Yeah. Ooh, glad I don't play him in fantasy. Yeah, it's not this week. Yeah. So um, let's see here. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Bears to cover. Uh, and I don't feel great about it, but I think that I think it's Mitchell Trubisky's legs. That make a difference. I think that the Giants did get to Big Ben a few times, and it's just because he's not mobile enough. I think that Trubisky does, and I think that he's able to hit guys like uh, Miller and Robinson. So I'm going to take the Bears to cover here. Okay, so we are we are different there. As I had the Giants covering, but the Bears winning. Um, with this next matchup, the Atlanta Falcons are traveling to the Dallas Cowboys, where Dallas is favored by five. Looking at what Russell Wilson did to that defense last week and how good the Cowboys' defense looked against the Rams, yes, their offensive line is beat up, but, man, they were able to get consistent pressure and just kind of mix things up and do just enough to keep the Rams on their toes. The Rams, of course, come up big, win the game. I'm actually going to take the Cowboys to win and cover this game. As am I. I think that I think they come out. I think Dak has a, a good game. I think that I'm all in on. So I've already made a few DraftKings lineups, and I have Dak, Amari, and either uh, Gallup or Lamb in a lot of them. I'm doing the double double stack there. So I'm all in on the offense of the Cowboys. And I don't know if I ever said this last week, but because we were kind of doing rapid fire there at the end. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that Zeke leads the NFL in rushing again. He looks so good. I, I think he I'm going to go. Doesn't he? He looks slimmed down. He looks faster, more explosive, and he and he was already always top three in the NFL, even when he didn't look that way. So I'm probably going to after week one, uh, I'll probably say that Zeke leads it. Uh, let's move on to the next one. My Jacksonville Jaguars coming off the upset win, heading down to Nashville to play the Titans, who just played on Monday night game. This spread is ginormous. Nine-point spread. It actually opened up on Monday at 11. And then after they saw the Titans play, they dropped it down to nine. I think they should have dropped it down quite a bit more because I'm taking Jacksonville to cover this. There's, I mean, I don't know if they win. If they do, Minshew Mania in Jacksonville, have yourselves a fucking party because you deserve it. Uh, if you're able to beat two division rivals in week one and week two, I just I look at the Titans, man, and like uh, we already said, it's against the Broncos covering the Monday night game. It just didn't seem like they were on a big of a roll as you think they should be after coming off an AFC championship loss. Totally agree, dude. If I so I have the Jags covering. I do not have them winning this game. I do have the Titans winning, but if they found a way to win this game. They play the Dolphins, then the Bengals the next two weeks. Do we legit see the Jags start 4-0 if they win this game? Uh, NFL Twitter is going to explode. <laughs> and Jacksonville is going to be like, man, we're good with young, with rookies, with a young team. We're 4-0. We got all these draft picks. They might start the new trend of the NFL. Where it's like instead of getting – a young head coach that might be like an offensive coordinator guru is like, fuck, get all these old bastards out of here. We're going young and we're going crazy. Yeah. If Jacksonville can do it. If they they can. have a possibility though. 
They do. I mean, the team played very solid, and like the defense. I think the defense is. The problem is I still think that Derrick Henry and I still don't truly trust this run defense. I know that they played all right, but I don't trust it completely. So I still think Derrick Henry has a has a hell of a day on Sunday. But if they can find a way to slow him down, I'll tell you what. Um, those two cornerbacks for the Jags, or three even with Hayden, they're not doing shit. Like the, the wide receivers are not doing shit against them. So there we are with that. Let's move on to the Packers and Lions, and I'll let you got dive into it. Okay, cool. So the Lions are traveling to Green Bay, and they are favored by six. So last week we already discussed the Lions were trailing. Mitchell Trubisky made a great throw to the right side of the field to Anthony Miller, who comes down with a touchdown. Lions get the ball back. Matthew Stafford leads them down the field. They get up with about, I think, 11 seconds is what was left in the game. He hits Swift and the left side of the end zone, makes the throw. He's somehow wide open. He catches the ball, gets too excited, turns his head, gets his eyes off the ball, drops it. Lions lose in a heartbreaker. Then you go to the Packers. They just ran and owned the entire game against the Minnesota Vikings. And in doing so, shit, like they put themselves as a top five team in the NFL. Some people were kind of iffy on if that was fair rating and ranking wise like hey man these guys didn't do nothing this offseason in the draft they took a quarterback and then they went and got a running back and then they got like another tight end slash fullback like what the hell is this team doing they were just in the mcu champs again they got ran all over they come out week one and are just dominant i think this game ends up being closer than a lot of people think so green bay being favored by six um i think that's okay because as me saying this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think, I think the Packers win by touchdown. I think the Lions are competitive, but they have got to find a way to win games late, and they haven't been able to do it yet. They didn't do it last year to tie their season started being in close games. We haven't seen it so far this year. Yes, I know it's only week two, but that's kind of where I'm hesitant at with the Lions because you have to prove that you can win those close games when it comes down to the wire in the fourth quarter. Because you haven't proved it to me, and you sure as hell haven't proved it to yourselves. I love it. Uh, so I also am taking the Packers to win, and I don't have this a close game. I actually have the Packers kind of doing exactly what they just did against the Vikings. I think that the Packers just pass up down their throats, and then right when they have to start playing in more of like a dime defense to stop Aaron Rodgers, that's exactly when Aaron Jones explodes. So I am going to say it ends up being a 10-point win for the Packers, but I think it's probably not that close of a game than what the score indicates. Um, Moving on to the next one, we have the Vikings at the Colts, two teams that are coming off of some very tough losses, and the Colts are three-point favorites right now. So uh, I'm going to take the Vikings to cover here. I I think the Vikings find a way to pull this win out. I think that they... I think they just started out slow is what it came, comes down to against the Packers. I think that their offense started working a little bit. So I'm going to go with the Vikings to cover. I think Dalvin Cook gets going. I think they have Madison involved. Uh, Thielen gets going again. He had a monster game already. And maybe they get – I was actually surprised that Herb Smith wasn't more involved week one. I think that Herb Smith gets involved this week. That is – I'm trying to think because I said that is and then had nothing to say afterwards within this game. I'm sorry. It's just are the Vikings who they were week one? You know, this isn't me trying to overreact, but like, damn, the Packers just shut them down. And if you look at the Colts, they have to be upset with the way they ended that game and the way they played against Jacksonville after that first half. You don't have Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines are going to be the one two punch and running back. Does Jonathan Taylor explode onto the scene in this game? Does Philip Rivers look at himself and go, man, I've got to start stronger than we did that game? You know, like, gosh darn it. What are you doing, Philip? That's probably looking in the mirror is what he's saying to himself as his 12 kids are running around in the backside of the house. I'm actually going to take the Colts to cover because I think Jonathan Taylor has a big game. I think T.Y. Hilton is also going to be upset that he dropped, you know, a fourth down conversion last week. Uh, or Yes, exactly. Two of them. My bad. Uh, as Trees gives me that on the other side of the screen here. So thank you. But I'm going to take the Colts. I want to see the Vikings do it, you know, 
make up for what they did last week. Can they keep the ball longer than eight minutes, 18 minutes of the game in a hole? Um, I don't know. I, I'm confused on both these teams because it's week two. We don't know where they're at. It didn't look pretty last week for them. So I am going to take the Colts to cover and win this game. Cool. I would say uh, the Packers kicked the shit out of the Vikings last year, too, on both their games. So I think that maybe the Packers just match up well against the Vikings. Uh, all right, moving on to the next one. I think this one's going to be qu- quick. Buffalo Bills at the Dolphins. Bills, six-point favorites. I think it's safe to say that we're both taking the Bills. 100%er. 100%. I think that Josh Allen ends up taking care of the ball, and they only want to get by 10 against the Jets last week. It would have been much more if he just held on to the ball. That that was the yep. difference. Cool. All right, moving on to the next one, probably another quick one. 49ers at the Jets. Even though the 49ers do have a bunch of injuries, they're seven-point favorites. But how bad did the Jets look? <laughs> the Jets are – they are literally a trash can on fire floating down the road in a tsunami. That's just how bad the Jets are right now. The fact that San Francisco is favored by seven while traveling all the way across the nation, uh, yeah, I'm taking the 49ers here. The next one, the Los Angeles Rams are traveling to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, and the Rams are favored by a point and a half. That Eagles offensive line, man, if you cannot – guard the Washington defensive line and that is not a knock to Washington at all they are a they have a phenomenal defensive line but if that was your performance against them and you're about to face Aaron Donald a guy I was talking about earlier who doesn't give a shit if the devil were to show up at his bed and tell him to do something he's going to tell him to pretty much get away and go he's he's licking his chops looking at this Eagles offensive line and I feel bad for Carson Wentz the, the Rams offense, I think it matches up great against this Eagles defense, and they're going to be just fine. They're going to scheme guys open. I am taking the or excuse me the Rams to be favored here at that point and a half, and I think they win by at least a touchdown, if not 10 points. I 100% agree. <laughs> I think that the Rams just blow this team out of the water. I think that they – the style of offense they're, they're running, I, I mean, they're just putting Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in great position. And I think the running game is good. Malcolm Brown looked good. I think the Akers even looked good. Again, I think that pass defense looked good for the Rams. Uh, that was the little concern that they had coming into the season. And like now, after watching them week one, I'm actually kind of wishing that I had them and the Niners flipped because I had the Niners as a six seed and Rams as a seven. I kind of have wish I had them flipped now. Uh, but I also am taking the Rams to cover. So uh, there we go on that one. Next one, two Monday night games from last week. Uh, teams, that is. Broncos at the Steelers. And the Steelers are seven and a half point favorites. Uh, I'll start off with this one since you did the last few. Uh, Steelers obviously looked fantastic. But seven and a half is just huge. It's just a big number. And I'm a, honestly, I'm a little worried for Big Ben. Like, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday or two days ago now, for those listening, he said, I feel like I was in a train crash. And then today he said, I feel like I was in a car crash. And he's like, tomorrow I hope like I just felt – it feels like I just fell off my bike. So by <laughs> Friday I feel like I'm okay. Like – if you're feeling that way against the Giants, and I know the Broncos didn't get a ton of pressure last week, but I still think this Broncos defense is better than the Giants defense. I think seven and a half is just too big. I'm going to take the Broncos to cover. And, and that's fair. If the Broncos had Vaughn Miller um, in a healthy Bradley Chubb, I'd be right there with you, but they just, they don't. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers to win and to cover. Uh, I think it kind of comes down to the end of the game and the Steelers are like, hey, we're just going to put you away. Here's the dagger. Uh, it's now a two-score game. There's no way you're getting here. You're catching up now. It's too late. Um, with the Broncos, I think they're young enough where they just don't – they're not finding ways to win games yet. They're still trying to get that figured out uh, with as young as that offense is with them. And the Steelers' defense, dude, they're just going to get consistent pressure on Drew Locke. Drew Locke just needs to stay mature here and mentally strong and not start forcing the ball in windows that are not there like we saw him do in college. I know this is his second year starting in the NFL, but that was the knock on him in college. If you can fix that in the NFL, you're going to be a good quarterback. So I'm taking the Steelers here to cover and to win. Next game, Carolina Panthers are traveling to Tampa. Tampa is favored by nine. I'm smashing the over here. 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're looking at this defense like, man, if the Raiders can put up that amount of points, I wonder what we can do. And then the Panthers are looking at this defense like, ooh, man, we had it easy last week with the Raiders' defense. I just don't think they're going to be able to match up this well against the Bucs. I think the Bucs are also very disappointed. I think Tom Brady's upset with how he played last week, and they come out firing. So this one I feel like is a trap game because Chris Godwin is in concussion protocol and Mike Evans still has a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not going to be able to. If Godwin does not play, I would take the Panthers to cover this game. Still lose, but I would take them to cover. I'm not going to play that game of like if this or if that. Like I think that mm-hmm. we just need to – on Wednesday nights we're deciding. So gut call here. I'm actually going to take the Panthers to cover. I still think they I lose. Think I'm going to take the Panthers to cover. So we will give That's this a, one. It's a great point about Godwin being a concussion protocol there. Uh, not necessarily that I forgot, just wasn't putting that much context into it. I just, I'm worried about that Panthers defense is really it. And I don't mean to keep making analysis after you're done talking over it. Uh, Washington football team, though, is traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by six and a half. The only thing that worries me in this game is that Washington defensive line. And I know they faced a beat-up Eagles offensive line. I don't know how much better the Cardinals is because the 49ers, who also have a good defensive line, were able to get to Kyler Murray and kind of rattle him early in that game. But throughout it, he was able to kind of settle in. They made adjustments, and then he was just dumping off to DeAndre Hopkins. I shouldn't even call it dumping off. He was just finding DeAndre Hopkins. He was finding the open guys in that defense of San Francisco within this game. I'm just worried that, you know, Chase Young or Kerrigan or Deron Payne are going to come in and create pressure and someone's going to kill Kyler Murray. That might just be a worry I have every game for the little guy. I should stop calling him little because he's freaking excellent at football. He's an NFL quarterback, number one draft pick. Bottom line, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to take them to cover. After all that doubt that I just talked about, I'm taking Arizona. I just I'm worried about the secondary of Washington is all. Yeah, so am I. I think that Kyler just makes enough plays. I I don't think that he has as many rushing yards as last week. I think that he gets sacked a lot more, and that's a real concern there. Uh, I think that this defensive line is going to be a good job of collapsing that pocket and not giving as many lanes as the 49ers did. They really their defensive ends really went up the field. And then they gave those lanes, and I don't think that the Washington defense will do that. But he'll he'll make just enough. And also, that Cardinals defense is fantastic. It really is good, and I think that they're going to make plays to put them in short field. So I will also take the Cardinals. Chiefs versus Chargers. Your Chiefs, I'll let you take it away. Uh, they're favored by 8.5 here, traveling to their new uh, vacation home in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, uh, within this division. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. I think what we saw their offense do last week, uh, I think they're just going to continue to build off that. I don't know if we see as much uh, of the running game with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Maybe we kind of see the mix of him in the the passing game because I don't know if the Chargers linebackers are athletic enough um, to stick with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, whether that's in the passing game, you know, wheel routes down the field, option routes for him in the middle. I think Travis Kelsey eats. the receivers, though, that's kind of where the question is because the Chargers, they do have good corners. I mean, they just, they truly do. Uh, I don't I don't remember what corner just got defensive player of the week uh, for the Chargers. Chiefs, if you have it off the top of your head, I would appreciate it. Who's the corner for the Chargers that just got defensive player of the week? Uh, Hayward? Yes, thank you. It was Darius Hayward. Uh, so, bottom line, Chargers have good corners. I don't think their linebackers are good enough. I think the Chiefs dominate. Eight and a half point spread, taking the Chiefs. I also am taking the Chiefs, and how about this? I think this is one of the bigger spreads of the week. I think the, I think the Chiefs kind of blow the the Chargers out this week. I don't know why it's not more, just to be honest, because the Jaguars, Titans, Titans are favored by nine. Tampa Bay and the Panthers, Tampa Bay is favored by nine. Why are the Chiefs eight and a half? Like they just executed the Houston Texans last week. Definitely questionable on the spread there. Uh, the New England Patriots, and led by Cam Newton, are traveling to Seattle to face Russell Wilson, where they have started the hashtag feed or let Russell feed or eat, whatever it is. They just want Russell Wilson to be throwing the ball. They're favored by four. 
But to be honest with you, I think Jamal Adams is sitting there looking at Cam Newton's like, please run the ball right at me because that is going to be a huge bang-bang play. That might be Bo Jackson and Bosworth at the goal line type of collisions right here that we might see over and over in this game if the Patriots continue to run the ball. Uh, Josh Daniels, or yes, Josh Daniels comes out and says, you know, we might be throwing the, not might, he goes, we're wanting to incorporate more of the passing game in. We just saw a weakness within the Dolphins that we're going to be able to do this with Cam Newton and keep running the ball. I think that's great, but if uh, Russell Wilson's sitting there eating with those receiving core that he's got and Carson continues to do well on the ground like he did last week against the Falcons, I understand those are two different teams, two different defenses, two different coaches, but I like Seattle in this matchup with the Patriots traveling all the way across the nation uh, with Cam Newton, who got beat up in week one. Whether, yes, they won 15 rushes, though. The Dolphins, they were able to get some shots. He's not looking quick. He's looking like he's running good, but he's running heavy. I'm taking Seattle to cover and to win this game. Man, that's tough. So um, another fun fact for you. This is the first time the Patriots have been not favored in a regular season game in, I think it was like four years or something like that, maybe even longer. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I saw wow. that. I saw that on Twitter today and I was like, holy cow. So pretty impressive run by them. Um all your all your reasons are valid. I think the I mean the problem is this pass defense for the Patriots is so good. It is so yeah. good. Um I honestly kind of think that it might just be a good running game for the Seahawks, and that might be how they beat them. And it might be Wilson rushing, it might be Carson. Um, it could be Hyde as well. Um, so, but I do have the Seahawks winning and covering the spread as well. So we're the same there. Um, let's not forget this is the Sunday night game. So this is where we do our player prop bets. So let me hear and go through them with you real quick. Cam Newton, 236 passing yards over under. Under. Um, we're both going under there. I agree with you there. Um, Russell Wilson, 242 passing yards. I'm taking the over. I also Wait, am taking say 242. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. We're both taking the over there. Uh, James White, 60 total yards. James White. Ooh. I'm trying to think linebacker wise because Bobby Wagner is probably not going to be out there. Um. Yeah, I'll take the over. I'll take the over there. I'm confident with that. I'm gonna take the under on that one. Um. Carson, Chris Carson, 58 rushing yards. I'm gonna take the over. I think they run the ball enough that that's. I shouldn't say chump change for him, but it should be easy enough for him. I also agree. Metcalf, 64 receiving yards. Yeah, taking the over. Yeah, he's going to have at least one big play. Um, I really think he's kind of starting to take that Tyler Lockett role where it's like, hey, we're going to see one explosive play game from this guy. And it's yeah. something we're all going to be talking about on a highlight reel at some point. Um, I'm also going to take the overs. I know this might be boring to people. We've only had one difference, and that's all we had last week as well. Um, Edelman, 58 receiving yards. So I'm actually going to take the under. I think Nikhil Harry starts to become a big target for Cam Newton. Uh, I'm going to take the over here. So we had 57 last week. So we got two differences. So I have a chance to catch up to you. You have the lead on me. Um, you you got you went three for three last week. I went two for four. So the differences are you said over 60 total yards for James White. I said under. And then Edelman, you have under 58 receiving yards. I have over. So there we mm -hmm. go on our player prop bets heading into this weekend. And then we head to our Monday night game, the Vegas Open. And it is the New Orleans Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Saints are six and a half point favorites. And you want to know what? I saw that. I put this in earlier and then the news broke about Michael Thomas. I wonder if that's changed at all. And it's actually now down to six. So I am going to update that. So it is six now. Um, Perfect. So, so what are your thoughts here with no Michael Thomas and the Saints? So Teddy Bridgewater led the Saints last year for a couple games when Drew Brees was injured. And Sean Payton probably went back and looked at that game tape and said, what did Teddy Bridgewater see and what did he do against this Raiders defense? 
awesome. I'm going to explode it even more with Drew Brees. Doesn't matter if I don't have Michael Thomas this game. They don't have a corner that could cover him. They're probably not covering the guys we have anyways. Emmanuel Sanders is good enough. Who was that other receiver? What was his first name? Something Smith. Trey Quan Smith. Trey Quan Smith. I wanted to say Trey, but I knew there was more to it. Trey Quan Smith, I, does, I do think he has a big game because I don't think there's enough for the Raiders' defense corner-wise I can keep up with him, uh, let alone be able to slow down this offense in every aspect that they have. The Raiders, I think they're just going to be too excited and too hype in Vegas. If they come out with a win, I would love that. I would love that for Vegas. I would love that for the Raiders and John Gruden and Derek Carr and that team and that franchise. But I just you look at the New Orleans Saints and the powerhouse that they are, even without Michael Thomas, they're a very complete team. I think they spread, and I think they get the W, and Vegas is looking at this kind of disappointing in the first appearance. Okay, so you have them winning and covering. Yes. Part of me just, like, has this gut feeling that the Raiders win their first game at the stadium. but Yeah, gotta, same for, here, honestly. Gotta remember, there's a lot of times that they don't, right? Like, like, Cowboys lost to the Giants in their opener, and the Niners lost to the Bears in their opener. <sighs> But that doesn't mean they don't cover. And I really like <laughs> what the Raiders were doing. I don't like what they did on their defense. But, again, I kind of like what them slowing it down and keeping that offense off the field and just running it with Jay- with uh, Jacobs. Oh, six is just so much. I want to do it, but I don't, I don't think I physically can. I want to. Shit. I'm going to take. Take the Raiders to cover. The Raiders. I want to figure out how to do that in a good voice. The Raiders. I'm going to take the Saints. I don't feel good about it. Oh, boo, you whore. I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, we, we got four games different this week. So um, they, either we'll split them and it's going to stay pretty close, or, hey, you either take the lead or I take a ginormous lead. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, um, all right, cool, guys. That does it for us tonight. Uh, don't forget, we do have a Madden League on PS4 that is starting up. Uh, we actually did week one this week. We're going to keep with the schedule, so it's going to be one week or one game a week. We do have a few more openings, so let us know if you guys want to join that. It's going to be a good time. And uh, you can always find us on Twitter, me at Justin Therese and Austin at Austin Seahan 33 we, uh, we appreciate you guys. And tonight we've been talking football.